Hello, good evening, family. Good evening, family. This is your boy, Pastor Santa Kamal. This is The Real World with my co-host, my brother, my man. What's up, y'all? We welcome you to the 16th episode of third season of The Real Word. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. We love y'all for supporting. Shout out to everybody that follows us on Instagram at The Real Word TV. That's on Instagram at The Real Word TV. Shout out to everybody that's watching us on television every um, Thursday at 4 p.m. on the Brick Network. This Thursday, my sister will be on television. So it'll be me, Sanders, and my sister, Sophia. So shout out to you. Um, shout out to everybody that's been supporting us on the YouTube. That's www.youtube.com backslash C for channel backslash The Real Word TV. So shout out to you. And shout out to everybody that's watched last week's episode. I believe we did 26,000 views on the um, on the Facebook. So shout out to you. And shout out to everybody that's been supporting the movement. We thank you. We love you. And we... Thank you for all your support, and as always, if you want to donate, goforme.com backslash the real word. But we're here with a very special guest. Introduce yourself, sir. My name is Serge Honoré. So shout out to Serge Honoré. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, sir. Well, um, I'm, a, I'm married, and I have three kids. Well, one, one is older now. He moved out. But I have twins. Um, my, younger son, my younger son, he has autism. So that's something that we're dealing as a family. Uh, he's 11, his sister's 11. His, my daughter, she's really not on the spectrum. She goes to a regular school, but he goes to a special school that helps him deal where he gets therapy and because he's a nonverbal. So he doesn't say words, really. You got to encourage him to say words. And those, you know, those type of situations is... Um, is struggle is difficult dealing with those type of things, but we love him to death. I love him to death, and there's nothing I would not do for him. And my daughter, I love her to death, you know. And my wife, she's um, she's work. She works at a, in the educational system, and I'm uh, I go to church, and I I work for myself, and I try to work in helping people within my community and within my church. So shout out to you, sir. And we're going to get more to what it is that you do for a living. Sanders, what's up? Do you have anything to tell the people to welcome them to the show? Um, I'm just sharing the things first, but could continue. Sorry. All right. So, Brother Honore, um, you said that you work within the community to help the people, right? Um, I know earlier you said you do real estate, but you also help people with their finances as well. So explain that to the people. Yes. Um, well, like I said, I'm a real estate agent, so I help people rent and, and um, find homes. Right, I'm, more, I'm more working in the home section because the the rentals is very difficult because in Brooklyn, um, apartments are extremely expensive and a lot of people That's cannot afford to um, to be able to pay the price that they pay because we know we understand that gentrification is going on. And so wait, let me ask a question: Is it cheaper to rent or own a home in Brooklyn right now? Um, it's. I would say it's cheaper to own a home, and least you'd be paying around the same for the mortgage, mm. compared to um, the rent because you're paying. That's a fact. But then you need the down payment money too. You and need that's the a down hurdle for the, a lot of people. Yeah, it hurts the pocket because you have to come up front. Sometimes they want um, uh, not just the down payment, but the credit. To, you know, your credit has to be a par. That's a fact. In order to get um, to get and to be considered for that apartment. And one of the things is that um, they do is that they eliminate people by their credit. Exactly. You know. They say you got to make 40 times the rent, right? Or yes, like that. Exactly. exactly. So you have to, and then if you don't have that, you have to have a co-signer or a guarantor. Exactly. In order for that person to get those, um, to be able to rent. But then how many people really going <laughs> to sign? Do that, yeah. You know, because. Because worse come to worse, if that person don't pay, then they could take you to housing court and mess up your credit. Exactly. So a lot of people, they find trouble in finding that. And these people are hard workers. They, but a lot, of, a lot of that falls, too, because of the miseducation of us understanding how money works and how does the system work. We, uh, we move from a cash society to a credit society. Of course. And a lot of people are still not making that transition. They're not understanding how things work. And so we're making a lot of errors along the way, and it bites us later on. But that's the old school mentality. Like, I know my parents, was, I don't know about your parents, but back in the day, it was like, oh, 
don't take credit card. They're bad. They're bad. They're going to put you in debt. Don't take credit. Always pay cash. And then we see as we got older, credit became more and more important. Yes, there's times when you can take credit cards, you could end up in debt if you're not responsible with the credit card and you're just swiping, swiping your whole life away and you don't check your APR and you don't, and you make the minimum payments and then you end up in debt. And then before, like say for example, you bought 300 and you got a double digit APR, before you know it, you owe 600, then before you know it, you end up 12 and you're only making what, $12 an hour, if you end up in debt. You know, but if you maintain your credit at a certain level and you get to the high 700s or something like that, then everything opens up to you. Every day you get offers in the mail. Yeah, but I, I consider credit like a catch-22. You can't underspend and you can't overspend. It's like you say, if you get a basically a 300, 300 credit score, I mean a 300 credit limit on your credit card, you get one. And you're like, wow, I got 300 to spend. No, you don't. You don't have 300 to spend. You have 150 to spend. And if you go that, then you have you uh, your liability. So that that's when your, you, you know, your interest and all of that is going to be high. And then if it's too low, if you're not spending, then they say, oh, you're not spending, so we can't trust you. So you have to be conscientious and you have to be deliberate in what you're doing. And and even though people are getting more educated on it, but people are still buying into the the you know buy now and pay later. But life is happening. Things happen. Facts. You know, things break down. You know, kids get sick. <laughs> you know, you know, you lose your job. Things happen. So you have all the good intention to go do that. But when life happens, what happens? Then you go to try to borrow. Exactly. Some people borrow, they can't pay back. You can't pay back. It's not that you're not intending to pay back, but then you borrow to pay this one and... Like I said, um, I mean, borrow I know Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> borrow from Peter to pay Paul. I, I was worse. I borrowed from all twelve disciples. <laughs> I went, you know, I went to Jesus. Jesus said, "Wait a minute, you're not trusting me." <laughs> What's going on? She made it out, my brother. You made it out. You know, so um, no. Well, I'm I'm still on a path to to better myself and understanding the system and how it's work and find the programs that's going to educate me and what I need to do. I think as a people, as especially nowadays, because the economy is not going to get better. As a real estate agent, you understand the economy will crash again. Of course. Especially with the government shutdown. Because mm -hmm. the government shutdown kind of put us in debt, I heard. It put the economy back a couple billion dollars. Because during that time when the government was partially shut down, a lot of things could not function regularly, which means a lot of money was lost. They said eventually the economy will recover, but... It, there's still funds that it'll never make back in the access of over three billion dollars. Yeah, the the kind we'll never catch up to the debt that we owe. Why is that? It's too too much. It's too much. We the in, we the this the interest fees alone is killing. You know, it's I mean we in the trillions. Yeah, and what's crazy? What a lot of people don't know. The collateral for the debt that America owns is us. And that's why every time you're born, you're assigned a social security number, and that's that's the claim that the government has for their debtors that we're going to pay you back because with your social security number, that's what you do everything. When you get a job, that's your social. And what do you do when you get a job? You pay taxes. Wow. <laughs> so well, that, that's <laughs> another deep level you go, bro. That's, that, I found out about that. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, that's another deep level. That's, uh, that's a whole topic could go on that alone. But a lot of people don't know this. If you go to Manhattan, a midtown, there's a giant clock. There's a giant clock. No, sorry, it's not a giant clock, but it's a giant calculator, and it shows how much debt that the American economy owes. Well, the American people, because we owe that we debt. We owe that debt. So it's like every second you see the money go up, 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 more, 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 and it doesn't stop. It does not so stop. So you're telling me that we, we will never pay that back. We can never pay that back. We can never, never. pay that back. But as long as there's new Americans being born or getting social security numbers, someone's okay. going to pay it. Right. All right. Do you know countries that has been in debt and that has got out of debt? Um... I would say maybe Haiti at one point, because remember after Haiti won their independence, they owed that to France and Great Britain and Spain, and they eventually paid that back. Recently, yeah, but though. that's but that's the that's the reason Haiti fell into the third world status exactly. because of the debt that they didn't need to pay back at all, and also too, you know what I'm saying, you know, you know, also too, you know, it's an insult, you know, about us killing white people and burning their houses and all that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was. 
Well, that's another topic. That's, that's another topic. Another topic. Yeah, so, but that's something that's um, that has brought Haiti down because it was it wasn't for the best of the country, and the decision that was made at that time for whatever reason didn't benefit Haiti at all. And we know we understand that Haiti was blackball blackball, so trades and all the stuff that was happening, and uh, uh, Western goods that was coming over was um, putting farmers and businesses out of uh, you know out of business. And so they was buying the cheaper product, but they was losing at the same time. Yeah. And they couldn't export or import any goods, so basically they were stuck selling to each other. Um, okay, so as of December 31st, 2018, the national debt is, is currently at $21.97 trillion. Congratulations, America. You played yourself. <laughs> and then you got to think to see, you got to ask yourself this question. This is the debt we in, but there are people in this country who are thriving and making a lot of money. Why is that? Why is that? Um, if we get deep into it, those are the individuals that bought themselves back. Like, you know, they cracked that code and they gained that knowledge. And that's why they call it freedom. <laughs> Remember, Jay-Z raps about this all the time. He said, financial freedom. They said that she was like, my great-great-grandkids are rich. You understand? So... They were able to buy the freedoms of their whole generation, and that's what they call generational wealth. Because wealth is wealth can never be made in, in a lifetime, yeah. unless unless you hit the lottery or you know something like that. But most of the time, it's passed down from family to family, family to family. That's why these rich and powerful families they used to interbreed with each other at one point to keep the money in the family. Even royal bloodlines used to interbreed with each other. Like they'll marry a, a second or third cousin sometimes, or sometimes even their sister sometimes. And you know, just to keep the money in the family, just so other people wouldn't run off with their money. That's true. You know, um, as you were saying, it passed down, but that next generation had to accept that knowledge to continue it. And you have to continue, build on that knowledge, and that's how that generation of wealth continues, wow. because you're given that information, understand how to use it and how to properly use it. But in this country, there are a lot of reasons, because we are being... Um, Distracted and understand that, yeah, you ha you you have free, you have cap. Uh, we have opportunity to do so many things, wow. but why are we not doing it? Why are we not doing it? And I I was pondering that, that a lot, including myself, especially for um, uh, you know, blacks. The, one of the things is fear, because when you've been burnt, you've been going through a lot, and you see things happen, you become afraid, and fear is the ultimate paralysis when it comes to doing things. You're so not going to do Yeah, fear is a is a is a crippler. You know, when you when you ask um, somebody, you say, "Oh, let's do something." Yeah, I know, but you know, I, I don't have money, or it's always something that's keeping you back. You're afraid, but people who are not fearful, they step forward no matter what. That's why you say scared money don't make money. Scared money don't make money. A good term to it. <laughs> That's true. You know, fear is a crippler, and knowledge, education, like you said, the generational of passing down this knowledge and using it to the time that we are in. I mean, there is a lot of money being made out here, but how come most Americans are broke or have bad credit? We have all the information there, but what we do is that the information is in segments. There's information here. In the, People don't know how to put it together and utilize it effectively. You don't have a strategy to put all these into play because you get you have information overload. But we would not only say they don't know how to put the information together, they don't know how to put the people together. Because it's, it's sometimes it's the people that carry certain information with them as well. Mm -hmm. Say, for example, you have a knowledge of a certain subject base that I might be weakened, but I have a knowledge in a certain um, criteria or curriculum that I can bring to the table. But because of whether it be our differences, our egos, or whatever it may be, I'm like, I'm not working with this guy. I don't feel like it. I'm going to do it on my own. Some people are like that. Instead of coming together, like, we mess it up. Like, well, one time I was giving this um, Russian guy a ride, right? And he was going to the airport, and I picked him up from Staten Island. He lived in this nice gated community in his mansion, like, on the hill. You got to drive up a hill through the gated community, up the hill, and their houses are like, in the hill almost like steps so he was talking on the phone with some guy and he was like yo you know what 
I never liked this guy from, from the very beginning, but he knows how to make money, so I just worked with him. So the house we bought together was an investment property. We bought it for like 10 mil. I put a little bit of money, but now I can pull my money out. I get a life, I get $2 million. It's fine with me. And that's mm -hmm. what he said. And he's like, that two million, I could invest it into something else. And he hung up on that guy. He called it another guy. Yeah, I got a couple dollars I want to invest with you. Mm -hmm. And then he hung up on both of them. He's like, yeah, I don't like either one of these guys, but I like money. So what? <laughs> well, you're right about that. And, and that's also understanding the bigger picture. A lot of people have very narrow um, views on and things. And, and also, when you plan to make money, you got to expect to lose money. Of course. You know, but, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's what stocks is. Like, stocks that goes up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing that's 100% foolproof that you will never lose. And everything, you you try relationships. Of course. <laughs> Do you stop trying to date because you failed the first four or five? Mm. No, you continue. People think, oh, man, I messed up. Or I messed up five times. No. Look at, I started to look in, look at the people who are successful. Why do they make money? What are they doing? Are they... Are they that much special? Are they doing something that's different? And I started to realize they're not afraid. They're not afraid to lose. It's consistency too. Consistency exactly. is key. Mm -hmm. Consistency, knowing, have a goal, focus on it, and yeah. do the thing that's necessary. When you do the thing that's necessary, then progress will take place. Mm -hmm. But we are so distracted by so many things. Like with me, in order to, to right now, to make my business, I said, I got to do something. So what I had to do, I had to stop the non-essential items because I go home, I watch some TV, watch a game, and what am I doing? I'm wasting time. Yeah, of course. I'm watching people, guess what? That's working. Exactly. We don't look at it. We're like, well, that's entertainment. No, they working. They're making a fortune, mm -hmm. but you just enjoy what they're doing. That's true. But they're working, and I'm sitting there watching them and may helping them make more money while I'm sitting here, I need money. T.I. said it best, my life is your entertainment, but I get paid off of it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we have to do, you ever heard of the 80-20 rule? No, explain that. The 80-20 rule, they say that 20% of your efforts is going to make 80% of your profit. And 80% of your non-essential um, activities are going to give you 20% of your profit. Mm -hmm. Because if you notice that we don't do even the clothes that you wear. You only wear mostly, roughly about twenty percent of the same clothes over and over again. Yeah. The same shoes, the the same way you go. You start, or you have different options, but you will all resort back to certain familiarity, familiarity, and you will only stick with those. Yeah, things that are easy to put on. Right. So they're saying that eighty percent of the rules. A lot of successful people utilize that rule. Instead of doing all this thing, let me focus on the 20% and do those well, and then that'll shoot me over the top. Wow. Yeah, I heard something like that, like Mark Zuckerberg, he, he has a bunch of the same clothes, so when it's time for him to get dressed, he don't gotta worry about what to put on, because all his clothes are the same, just throws on the same hoodie, the same khaki pants and the same sneakers, he go about his business. He don't gotta worry about patterns and matching his designs or designers or nothing of that nature, you know? The only, the only time we see him switch clothes is when he go to court. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not to complicate situation. Focus on what's necessary. What is a prime example? The presidency. Donald Trump, how did he win? While everybody was politicking or state to state, he went only to the states that was votes counted. He knows, focus on those states, and no matter what happened, popular vote, I don't care about that. But the votes, the states that had that vote that count, those are the say I'm on the target, and then at the end, he won because of those. those but you know, see, he did more groundwork than Hillary, and also to Hillary, unfortunately, thought that she was gonna get handed to it. Yeah, because she was following the typical political yeah. route, you know, kissing babies and ma not making promises, alluding to yeah, we're gonna try to do better, we're gonna do this. Donald Trump was like, no, this is what's gonna happen. If this doesn't happen, he was like, oh my. This guy is speaking my language. You know, he knows what I'm going through. And people and people started he understand the needs of the people. And he provided false promises. And and to also whatever prejudice they may have, yep. he fed into that and then the people 
felt went into it, and then that's why he wound up winning the um, the presidency. Well, he said that most of the things that he promised, he did attempt to deliver. You could say. Yeah. He, he said he was going to try to remove Obamacare. He tried to do that. Um, he he started the legal process to repel Obama's um, law that allowed um, transsexuals or transitioning people into the military. Um, he's he shut down the government for all those weeks over the wall that he wants to build, and that was his um, flagship yeah. campaign promise. Yeah. And so, you know, he, he he stuck to his guns. And speaking of failures, like he, we we all know that he failed a bunch of times with businesses. He fell for bankruptcy a bunch of times. Um, Walt Disney failed a bunch of times. Thomas Edison failed yeah. a bunch of times. Um, all these people failed a whole bunch of times, but they found a whole bunch of times to fail. But through the failure, they became genius and found one way to succeed. And that's all you need, one way to succeed. Yeah. And basically, your failures is an education and what you need to do next and how to do it. Your, your failures is what guides you and realize, you know, I made this mistake. I'm not going to do that again. Let me try it this way. Let me, it, 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 it propels you to another level because now you're thinking, you're strategizing, you, you, you're, you're looking at situations. And that's what failure helps you to do. But a lot of us become um, reserved and, oh, I'm not going to do because I don't want to fail. So I'd rather stay where I'm at. And I find that a lot of people that I come across, a lot of people that are, they, 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 they're not happy in their circumstances, but they'd rather stay there than step out. Yeah, I could give an example of that. Like, I remember when we were younger, um, we used to rent houses, and the last place we rented, I believe, was in Bushwick, and I had a big family. Like, I come from a family of six, so imagine four kids in the house with the landlord, and the landlord lived underneath us. He lived on the first floor. We lived on, I think, the second floor, so we would chase each other, play, fight, do all these things, because, you know, Haitian yeah. parents don't let you out the house that often, so you got to have fun inside. So almost every house we went to, the landlord would complain, you got too much kids, y'all mashing up my house, y'all breaking up my house, this, that. So my dad was like, yo, I'm going to buy a house. My mom was like, are you crazy? You're going to buy a house? How? Like, how are you going to buy a house, mom? And my dad was like, no, I'm going to buy a house. She was like, what if we lose the house? What if this? What if that? What if that? My dad was like, no, we're going to buy the house. So one day, like, my mom was like, one day this guy just told me, come to closing. <laughs> we were closing on this house. And then we ended up buying... Um, the first house. And I remember after the first house, my dad one day he just woke up and said, "Oh, I'm gonna buy a second house." I was like, "Are you crazy? Why you buy a second house for for your girlfriend? We we already got one house. Why you need a second house? Are you crazy? Are you crazy?" I think he was like, "Blah blah." And then, and, and then she was upset and she's like, "You talking about you gonna borrow money on this house to buy a second house for what? We already live in one house. <laughs> Why, Why you, you need buy a second house for your girlfriend? You have a second family or something?" He's like, yo, your mom don't understand. Like, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this to leave them something. She don't understand. And a legacy. Then, yeah, and then eventually, like, he got the second house, and then we moved into the second house, and we rented out the first house. So you and you know as business. And then, like, now, like, she would talk about, yeah, this and that. We made something out of ourselves. My dad was like, ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, I remember when I was telling to you about it, you was like, no, 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 no. And I went and I did it. Because you know Haitian men, they're like all braggadocious and right. things of that nature. So. You know, um, and a lot of time, if you think about it, when you're a kid, you have an imagination. A kid said, I want to be an astronaut. Oh, I'm gonna buy this car. You dream. Your dream is big, and it's nothing that tells you you cannot do it. Of course. But as you grow Other up, people tell you can't. right? But even though you say I'm still gonna do it, exactly. right? But as you grow older, and life starts to beat down on you, you stop dreaming less, and you start to accept the lifestyle that you in, and feel that My this God. is this is where I'm at. I can't go no more. I can't go no further. You give and, up. And then if you coming from a family that never achieve much That's a fact. that That's plagues a you plagues you a long life and you follow through in that same repetitive cycle that's why they always talk about you, you need to break that cycle you know you, you know if you're the first one to go to college or go to high school whatever it may be you have to but it's not easy 
Because everybody around telling you, man, what you trying to do, man? What you, what, who you think you are, you know? Going to school, getting education? What's going on with that? Or you want to start your own business? What are you talking about, man? That's what they told us, right, Sanders? <laughs> you know? And you ha And then what they always say, you have to associate with people that's like-minded like you. You can't associate people that's constantly want to drag you down, you know? And that's how I've, I've, when I was growing up, this is, um, I started to meet people and, they, and I'm saying, hey, I'm going to try to do it. Yeah, nah, man, don't, don't try that, man. Don't do this, man. Yeah, you, 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 you have. And then I started to think along that line, like, how am I going to do that? Um, <laughs> let me tell you this one funny story. Like, my mom, she single mom now, raising us kids, we're growing up. And I was working. Well, I was in the kid. I was a young man. I was like in my early 20s. And I was working at the hospital. I was a med tech. I was a med tech, um, and then I was a phlebotomist med tech. And then, so I had this this nurse I used to work. I used to work with. Um, her name was Miss Singh. She, beautiful lady. And but she used to always um, come to work, and she used to have bags, you know, carry her bags and everything. Then I, used to, when I got to know her, she used to leave one job, go to the next. She used to work at different hospitals. You know, making money. I'm, I'm like, she's like, so yeah, you gotta. Then I, as I spoke to her more, then I started finding out she was making, like, she was just not making money, but she was buying up properties and buying this and renting out, and she was like a real businesswoman. But when if you saw her, you wouldn't even think so. Come to find out, she went to the doctor, found out she had cancer, and she don't have much time to live. And so she was like, okay, um, she, she want to start, you know, liquidating some of the assets and stuff like that. So she was like, Serge, you're a nice guy. You know, I like working with you. You're always, you know, respectful and this and that. I want to sell you a house, you know. I got a house. I want to sell it to you. And I'm like, great. She says, only a certain amount of money. So I was like, I went to my mom. I was like, mom, I'm saying my job. She wants to sell me a house. She's like, oh, we can't afford that. We can't barely pay the bills now. How are you going I say, yeah, but mom, she's willing to work. And from that, that just turned me. I just started thinking, nah, I can't afford it. And she begged me, Serge, I will work with you. I'll do whatever it is. I, and I was like, nah, I can't, I can't. And from that, I started to realize after that, and it, she had passed and everything, I didn't even think of it much. And in a couple of years, I was working with a, another a co-worker of mine and she was like she had a house in and uh when she was from guyana she said oh, i got a house i'm fixing it up and i said i said oh it's cool you got out she said yeah i bought it from the same wow <laughs> she gave me a real good price wow. and i went for it i was like you bought she's like yeah i mean she said the house is beautiful oh my gosh oh. and i'm like and from that moment i'm like in brooklyn no this house she bought in she had Overseas, she had in Guyana. Oh, she had houses in Brooklyn. She had properties. I mean, she was a real businesswoman. I respected her. But from from that co, and this was like two, three years later, wow. when that coworker told me, "Oh, she bought the house from her," she said she couldn't afford it, but she made it work. She bought the house in Guyana. Or yeah, Guyana. uh huh. She bought the house from Miss Singh that was in Guyana. Yeah, Miss Singh was they was up here, but she had property in Guyana. Okay, okay. Right, she had property in Guyana. Wow. She had property in Brooklyn. She had properties in the Bronx. But the house that she sold to the other lady that you was working with was where? In Guyana. Okay, cool. So she bought it, but I was like, "You bought a house from her?" She was like, "I was like, she said, I, I just worked it out. She gave me a really good deal, and I, because she was dying, so she was trying to liquidate some of the assets and leave for her kids and stuff like wow. that. And I was saying." And I sat there and I was like, and then I started to look back at all the opportunities because people put things in your head. Exactly. People tell you things. And then you start to doubt that you're capable of doing anything. As long as you have an imagination, there's, there's nothing that can stop you. The only thing is there's a wall there. You got to figure out how could I get around this wall? Exactly. If I can't go through it, can I go above it? I can't go underneath it. From the side, is something that I could do. And, exactly. and I think... What is what's happened? Not I think I know what's happened now. People are stuck where they are, and they need a solution and strategy. Mm -hmm. Not something, press button and we become rich, because that's why people fall into these a lot of these 
Get scale. rich fast. Get yeah. get rich quick in the lotto. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I don't. I understand why people play the lotto, but after a while, you gotta realize. Why would people do win though? Speaking of lotto, um, the guy in Brooklyn, he came forward yesterday to claim his winnings. He won two hundred and forty-four million dollars. Um, a truck driver. And he took the lump sum. I think the lump sum was like one hundred and twenty-five million. Yeah, people so do win, though. I mean, people yeah. do win. But ask yourself, how many people that, how many persons that won? I understand. Right. It's a probability. Only right. one person. Right. A person, even if it's ten people, ask yourself how many people that played. played exactly. Yeah. Ask yourself if they willing to give that amount of money. How much money did they make on top of that? Exactly. <laughs> like I know a guy. Um, Speaking of houses, on the house that, on, on the block that my mother lived, it was three foreclosed houses on there. And I remember when I first graduated high school, I was working um, my first job at McDonald's and I was doing my little hustling on the side. And I was my own little businessman at the time, so I was making money. So I told my friends, like, yo, like, there's a couple foreclosed houses on the block. This was during the recession, so houses were cheap. So I was like, yo, we should buy these houses. They was like, yo, are you crazy? I'm like, why not? And I was like, it's five of us, five, six of us. If we each put in our money together, like say for example, we're making about $500 each a week. And 500 times five, that's like 2,500. Nice. That's enough to put down, that's, that's enough to pay a mortgage every month. And I said, we could live in the house, we don't got to worry about parents and nothing of that. It was like, you're crazy. And what ended up happening was, it was some drug dealers. They broke into the houses, that was foreclosed. They turned into a trap house. Eventually the government came, the bank seized it, they shut them down. And... People eventually fixed them houses and they bought these houses and them houses are there till this day and they look really nice and we could have owned those same houses. And ask how much the houses are worth. Your return on investment. Now, because I know how much the house that my parents own is worth now and and that increased by a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So I know that house at the time of the one across the was sunk for about two fifty three hundred. I'm pretty sure now it's worth about six, yeah. six fifty-seven. Mm. Anytime there's a recession, you see what's what rich people are doing now. People with money who have the knowledge, they're saving their money for the recession because that's when you can get property for cheap. Exactly. Because it's like a fire sale. People just want to get out, so they buy a house. They buy a house for cheap. You see, for black people, a recession is a bad thing. For rich people, a recession and problems, it's a good thing. It's like a sale. It's a sale. It's like wow. a clearance sale. It's like mercy. <laughs> it's time. It's like okay, we'll give you how we give you ten grand for it. All right, ten grand. I take it. You know, people would go and buy. They and they pick mercy. up like four, five, six, seven. So recession problems. for rich people is like spring break, basically. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fire wow. sale. It's a fire sale. You That's could pick up. Sale. You could pick up as many property as That's you want. Crazy. And why do you think? A lot of our areas are being regentrified because a lot of those property was bought years ago during the recession, mm -hmm. during that the, the the economic crash, and they bought this house. And now the equity in the home makes it cost more, so they just borrow it to fix the house back. Yeah. Up and and the people who are like, for example, who are giving black people fifteen twenty thousand on the spot. Yeah, but because because you're behind on your mortgage, you yeah, haven't paid yeah. your mortgage in yeah, five or, years. Yeah, thousand. Like yo, listen, cash. Like listen, here's cash. For you to you know take the cash so you give me the spot and that's that's what it's yeah, going so, right now and people are not understanding yeah that's real right because they get so much information the, the attorneys are taking the money and trying to help you know okay we'll put submit this we'll do this and we'll try to hold it off and they think oh you know eventually they realize yo i'm not gonna get in the house some people do but most people don't and then they wind up losing the house bad credit all kind of things happening that's real. and then and then what happened? Now they're renting, you know, and you, you need strategies. You, you have to have a plan. You have to know what you need to do. You need to get the right information. If you don't get that, if you th not listening to your uncle, your brother, or your neighbor next door, because that's what people tend to do. They take advices from people that's in the same boat as them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're right. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, what should I say? Yeah, I did, man. I sold my house, man. I got 10 grand. Okay, so let's say you did so. What did you do with the money? <laughs> Bought me a new car. <laughs> you know, and, and this is, uh, I'm going to segue into, this is why I'm passionate about financial gain. Because honestly with me, I'm, 
I always say, I tell people that I'm tired. I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of having to hide from the bill collectors when they call in. You know, I'm tired of when I go on vacation, you know, and we want to buy something, we got to look at the price and see how much it costs. Can, can we afford That's to true. pay that? Tired. You know, and then when you come back, because you sacrifice to go on vacation, you come back, you come into more debt because, you know, anytime you go away, you're not spending what you said you was going to spend. You're going to spend more. You come back, you're stressed. Then you go to a job that you're not really happy, but it's a job that helps pay the bill. So and it pays you just enough to keep you, and you do just, just enough, enough for work not to get fired. Exactly. So you're disgruntled. You're, you're, you're not happy in this situation, but you're complacent because you're just making it. And then sometimes you're under the illusion because I get a credit card. Um, I got a nice car because I had to work really hard to pay that. But if something happens to you, then what? Then what? Then what? That's real. You know? And then plus now, before companies used to be loyal, they're not loyal no more. They're cutting back like crazy. Why, why do you think they're not loyal no more? Because it's cutthroat. <laughs> because it's money. It's like we could save money. This store's not doing good. Let, let's shut it down. Because remember, business always have opportunities. Let's switch from this. Okay, we could close down and we could invest in this. Because this is they know what's coming up. That's the next biggest trend or what's us, what the next technology is going to be hitting. They get that information. They understand because they look at the market. They understand, oh, this is going this way. All right, let's start investing here. Wow. We could keep part of this, keep um, part of the company, and then we just sell close this down because it's not making money. So let's shut this down. But you, we're here. We're like, but how are we going to feed our family? I'm going to give you guys a perfect example. I just worked for Bender & Bender, the biggest Social Security disability law firm in the country. They had, they had offices all over. They used to play those commercials doing Jerry Springer and doing Maury, B-I-N-D-E-R. Like, I used to work for those guys, and the guy used to have the big cowboy hat. I used yeah. to work for them. And they thought they were so big that they wouldn't fail. Like, these guys was making, they first started making 20000 a year, 50, I mean, $20 million a year, $50 million a year, $90 million a year. To point, they was open offices everywhere, everywhere, commercials everywhere, all the time. And then they sold a part of the company to this firm out in Florida and that company borrowed money on their company because you know the brand was so big they just pulled out and that like they borrowed money on the company they ended up borrowing 27 million dollars on, on on the company wow. and then so security was like these people are they're suing us left and right making my money off of these people because of their name because people were just signing away their social security to this company because they because the brand name is selling because they see it everywhere right. so they think it's the best thing in the world, like nah, these people was basically running a scam on Social Security, so we're gonna cut down Social Security. We're not gonna prove all their cases, so their money slowed down. So down that, know that their money slowed down, they they couldn't pay back the debt as fast, and the debt started piling up, and the bills was coming in faster than the money was coming in. So they had to file Chapter 11. Now they started doing reconsolidations, closing down a couple offices at a time here and there, the small ones first, then they kept the big ones open. The people that's been at the company for years, like years, like I'm talking about 10, 15, 20 years, they're like, oh, I love this company. I've been here with this company for all my life. Like, they're not going to let me go. Um, the company still got a good name. Like, everybody still knows the name. The company's never going to fall. I'm staying right here to the very end until they make it back out of their bankruptcy and they're going to be okay. I was like, you people crazy. I'm getting out of here. They was like, where are you going? Are you sure you want to leave? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, I got the education. I got the resume, I got the work experience, I'm out. I ended up finding a job paying double that amount that I was making there. Right. So the people stayed till the very, very end. Then one day, they woke up, the guy came in with his cowboy hat. He's like, everybody's done, everybody's laid off. Laid off over 300 people at yeah. one time. Mercy. People went crazy. Grown men were crying that day, I heard. Crying at yeah. the cubicles. Look at the TSA, the, the, the payment. Uh, Start, um, I believe a lot of companies, every year they plan to close down a certain amount of stores, the big companies, because th remember, the bottom line is, is, is what's the end goal is to make more money. And if it's gonna, something's going to hold them back, they're going to cut it off. It's crazy. They're going to cut it off. You know, um, the thing about it is that well, we, should have, we should have two financial objectives. 
is that we need to have our current lifestyle, which deal equals our labor, and our future lifestyle, which includes our investment. Why those two my Because our current lifestyle is what we do now. We work, we pay bills. But then sooner or later, you're going to have to retire or you get fired or whatever like that. What is going to keep that going? That's why your current lifestyle is your labor. But you're supposed to have the second objective is what are you invested in? So when you stop working, what money's coming in? A lot of people are dependent on Social Security. Those things, those things are not happening no more. Your, your 401k and all those things are fine, but it's not enough. Most companies, are look, you have to look at multiple stream of income now. You can't just look at one. You have to have multiple stream of income. Because if one shut down, uh, I had a good friend. Wow. He worked for uh, one of the big, big hospitals. He was the accountant. He said, yeah, they had a, they had a meeting, and they were, they were strategizing how could they diversify to get more multi streams of income coming from different sections. So they started putting a plan to get to bring revenue this way. Bring he said they wanted to open up, I think, either four or eight new revenue streams for the hospital. And he said, this is a huge money-making hospital. They're looking to expand to get more revenue coming in different direction. And I only have two forms of revenue coming in, which is my, myself and my wife. He said, if they're doing it, I need to be doing that too. Because if you think about logically, if you get sick, it's only your wife that's going to support you. And if you're struggling with two pay, two incomes, how are you going to do with one? That's real. So we need to focus on two. The current, the labor, getting a job, doing what we got to do. Second, what, how are we going to invest for when we are not work while we are working, but that investment is making money, like you said, with the with the houses when you were saying to buy the the houses and we could do this, what would have happened if you had an invest they invested together, that house would have been accumulating and and its assets it would have grew, and then now you would have been sitting there like oh I got several properties up, so if I retire I don't even got to worry about it because I have assets money coming in without even having to do something because I did something with it from way back then and now I'm recording the benefits of it. And I was so, at 18. I, I told these guys that. At 18. At 18. And that's a big... To think that we're 18 is... <laughs> nah, because my father gave me the game early. That's true. But the thing is, like, I don't know. It's just like when I was 23, I told these people I used to work overnight stock while going to school full-time in a day. And I was telling people, yo, like... Like... I believe in manifesting things. And I told them, y'all, yo, yo, I'm going to get this car. Because they was all saying, yeah, we like that car. We ain't going to get it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get it first. They was like, no, you can't. I was like, how are you going to get it? You're only 22. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so one day I pulled up in the car. And it was, like, it was like, yo, how'd you do that? And I was like, I did my research. Like, I looked up the price. I looked up how much the payments was going to be. I looked up how much I got to put down to see how much payments, how much I got to work, how much I got to do. And one day I just went and I got it. But looking back at it now, if I was wiser, I would have got the house instead of the car. Like, even if I had to put down, even if I had to struggle to get the house, I would have held on to the house. But but in actuality, I would need other people to help me pay the mortgage. Yeah. And that was that was my biggest hurdle, not being around people that was on the same level as me mentally. If you were, it, you would have been, you would have been <laughs> so way off on way above the, everybody else. It's, it's, remember, no man is an island himself. Nobody get rich on their own. Facts. It's a team. It's a team it's effort. A team everybody. Effort. All these big stars and targets and all of them, they got people working that's promoting their business, that's doing all the stuff that's that needs to be doing. Mm -hmm. We think, oh, no, I don't want to be involved. I don't want to do this. No, nah, I don't want to lose. What are you doing? You know, you're going to sell hats out of your... Even if you're selling hats out of your, your garage... Then, if you wanted to go further, you're gonna have to partner up with people. Facts. You can't be. Uh, why you think people that pick up, like you said, like you was giving me the background of how your this started? Mm -hmm. It had other people that gave you the information, that promoted, that said, "Oh, come here and do this and do that." 
it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to do this, this. Somebody came and said, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Come over here. And people started to, exactly. it's a team effect. So that's a, that's, that's a two objective. Now, there's, there's four, there's four reasons why people are in bad financial situation. And a lot of people are not really putting those together. And this is why I talk about financial education. The first one is inflation. People don't understand that inflation, it's, 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 a, it's a silent killer. Yeah. So can you just define a few what inflation is? Inflation is the prime example when you go to the gas station. Like, when you used to buy gas for $20, you used to fill up your tank, back, up your whole tank yeah. back in the days. Now, 40 45 50 Yeah. Now, I only fill it, $20 only fill up a quarter, a quarter of the weight. That's inflation. Prices are going prices are going up, but your salary stays the same. And the dollar's worth even less. The so dollar's worth even less. So you need more dollars to equate to the things that you need to buy. So uh, another example is like, if you're buying your groceries and they're shipping it from wherever they're shipping it from, the person who's shipping it say, look, I got to buy oil to ship your stuff over here or fly it over here. Actually. It's costing me more, so I'm going to have to raise the price on you. So they say, oh, you're going to raise the price on it. Now, they ship it back, and we're going to sell it to the stores. The stores say, well, we have to ship, we have to raise the price because it costs us more money to bring here. So we're going to charge you more for that. So who does that fall back on? The consumer. The big company, they're going to make the money off of us because this is the only way they can get their money back. So, if, so inflation is something that people don't look at. That's, that's a, a, a disadvantage on our part where it works against us, but that's because we live in a capitalist society. Mm -hmm. So it's a good and bad thing. Second thing that puts us in financial difficulties is taxes, mm -hmm. right? Taxes is something that, um, that most people, do you know that the, that's the biggest expense that we have? Yeah, taxes. Lucky for us, though, we got that tax exempt now. The tax exempt is lit. <laughs> most people are filling out the most people filled out the W two form and let, and it's still the same way when they started working from since they was eighteen or twenty years old. I know a guy that's been on the job for thirty years and he and, and he still don't own the place. Exactly. Like hold his L, buddy. <laughs> Taxes is one third of your income. It's crazy. Tax taxes when you fill out a W-2 form, you tell the government to take the money f straight f out of your paycheck for it. So if you make 50000 a year, mm. or less, whatever it may be, it's about 11000 of that is gone. Wow. Right. So you make 50000 but you're not really making 50000 Not for thirty nine. Exactly. And you're supposed to... The, the calculation is based on the 50000 mm -hmm. but you're only working with thirty nine. So already... From inflation and taxes, you're already getting beat down. And that's not even including health insurance. Yeah. And then the taxes is, is three, it's, if you look at it, the first three months, you're working for the government. The other eight months, you're working for yourself. You're paying the taxes. That's crazy. Because the government is, remember, you, you are being overtaxed. You are being overtaxed. And you ask me, how do I know that? You get an income tax. <laughs> the government is overpaid is taking too much money out that's why you get that return because mm -hmm. we took too much money out of you so now we give, bit, so. we're giving you back the money that we took from you but the government made the interest that they made off your money that you don't get that back exactly so they made a boatload of money off of you and gave you back what they took from you like yeah and negroes is happy with that and they spend that money at, in a week, and yeah. give it right back to them. They give it, they, <laughs> now you understand, we give it right, we, we don't take that money and say, okay, let's invest it, let's do this, let's do that. We take that money, buy TV, buy phones, buy clothes, buy everything. So, you're already under, you're already under because with inflation and taxes, you're being killed. And you wonder why I can't, you know, um, pay my bills and stuff, because you've been doing that. But, um, the, the third one is debt. Of course. And taxes cost debt because of the same reason. Mm -hmm. 
because so much money is coming out of taxes. So debt, so the interest rate, student loans, mortgages, late fees, all these things are affecting you, and this is why you're falling even further behind because of those situations. And the fourth one is big business. The, the, they have, they have a, they have it a way to make you spend money and say that you have to buy this now. You're scheduled to spend money every day, every week, every month, and every year. Exactly. Money that you don't even have. That's so, why you end up in debt. Exactly. So if you think about it, if you think about it, every year, every month is covered. Holidays, every month is covered. Look at this. Let's start from September. Labor Day. Labor Day, barbecues. Yeah. Reaching out, right? October, Halloween. Candies, costumes. November, Black Friday, C Cyber Monday, Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. December, Christmas. January, New Year's. February, Valentine's Day. March, Spring Break. Mm -hmm. April, Easter. May, Mother's Day. June, Father's Day. July, 4th of July. August, back to school. And the cycle repeats itself. Wow. And by the time you get to like January, that's when you hope for the income tax to catch up. To catch up. But you're not even catching up because you're buying a flat screen TV. You buy the latest phone. I mean, every minute. I mean, people don't hold on to their phone no more. Within six months, they, they switch up. Every year, a new iPhone comes out. I remember a new I I iPhone used to come out every two years, every three years. Now, every year, it comes every, out. Every year. I mean, we went from... Um, I remember I had the Note 5, the Note 5, and then um, they came out with the, they jumped the 6, and they went straight to the 7, and that's when it was blowing up, and stuff like that. And then they went to the 8, and to the 9, and then the prices are going up. It's, I mean, I was trying to get the Note, it's like 900, I'm like, 900 hours? Yeah, so like $1,000 for a phone now. I'm like... Because it's 900 plus tax. <laughs> right. Because after you buy all the accessories to go with it and the insurance, that's over $1,000. The things that for T-Mobile, though, um, you can finance. Yeah, it's $100, you know, for the new phone. Yeah, but no, you finance it into your bill. Yeah, you find it. You see, the, the, the phone company, the, the cell phone companies became wise. They realized that they're leaving a lot of money on the table because... I'm pretty sure you guys remember. Remember when you used to go because of uh, being a, um, a customer of them? They gave you, they said, okay, the new phone coming out. If you pay an extra $200, you get the new phone. Yeah, exactly. Right, and the phone is yours. Now they talking about, no, you got to pay full price. You're just paying $25, $40 a month. Exactly. And you're paying that full $900, $600, $800 on the phone. And I was like, so, and then you... You're literally in a contract with them to pay that phone. And if you break the contract, you owe the full price of the phone right away. All the so they figured out we're gonna stronghold them, but we're gonna we're gonna play mind games with them. Instead of them paying eight hundred, nine hundred dollars up front, we'll break it down to small increments. It won't seem like much. That's what everything else with a mortgage, with a car note, with almost everything, health insurance, yeah. all that. You, so, so this is why I had partnered up with with. Um, with my econ, it's a financial education system that teaches you four strategies to in order to gain back your financial um, uh, control again. First thing we do is teach you how to switch up your W-2. To switch up your W-2s and to minimize your taxes. Because my econ is basically a home-based business also. It, it teaches you, you could use, you could write off your cell phone, you could write off your laptop, you could write off a portion of your house to use as a business to say, this is my business. And, and then the, in turn, you could write that off because your W2, your, when you get your W4 form, once you have a home-based business, even though um, the government was telling you that, you need to have a home-based business. You need to start a business. Because the advantages of owning a business, the tax breaks that you get, is just as though you were Warren Buffett and those guys. You get the same tax breaks as they do. 
But as long as you just keep working a job and thinking that's going to get you over, as I pointed out all these details about um, debt and um, big businesses and inflation and taxes, you'll never get over the hump. And what most people do, they say, oh, I got to get another job. I got to work another job. So now you're working hard already. You're working overtime. You're not spending much time with your kids. You're not spending time with your wife. You're, you're, you're not really enjoying yourself as much. And the only time you get, and when you, the weekend go, you go out clubbing, spending money. And then you got to try to make more money back. You borrow money. That's not the way. What you have to become, you have to become good steward. As the Bible says, you have to become good steward of the money. And this teaches you how to increase your paycheck by extra two to five hundred dollars extra. What could you do if those? It's a, because I remember when I used to work for. They used to take out a check out of my check. It's about nine hundred dollars in taxes alone. So now, if you're getting six eight hundred dollars and they add a, you could tack on another two hundred. How could that help you? But. What are we going to do when we get that two extra hundred dollars? We're not going to spend it on buying things. What we're going to do, we teach you how to pay off your debts. So let's say if you have uh, a cell phone, you know, you owe eight hundred dollars on the debt. So you're paying um, forty-five dollars a month. You're paying forty-five dollars a month. So what we teach you is that extra two hundred that you get. You take that two hundred, you add it to the forty-five, mm -hmm. which we call which is which we call snowball, and you cut that debt down. Wow. So this, instead of taking a year or so, you could do that in a few months by paying off that that phone in no time. So these are the strategies. We have a credit repair system within the system that teaches you how to pay off all your debt. So if you have mortgage, you could pay instead of waiting thirty years, you could pay off your mortgage in six to eight years mm. so we have about four more minutes left so closing thoughts amazing resources that you gave today man amazing gems appreciate it man yeah i i look i tell people this you have we what we call is the income shift you have to start changing your mindset you have to start changing the way you think of things in order for you to get ahead you can't remain doing the same thing that you've been doing all along because it's not working. Mm -hmm. It's not working. So if you want to make changes, you have to step out and start embracing the strategies that are working. And this is something that my econ have provide. Um, I can get my information. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so if anyone want to get in touch with me and want to get more information about it, they can reach me at 212-933-9701. Nine oh, 212-933-9701 or they could email me at blueprintfordebt at gmail.com and we'll put the link and information in the description of the video below okay. right so you have to start changing your mindset you have to start changing your behavior you can't continue doing the same thing what a lot of people want to do is that they want to make the money but they don't want to change their behavior exactly so once you start bringing in more money you can't go out and start spending it. You need to knock off that bill. So if you start knock, knocking off your car payments, your, your phone bills, all these things that's weighing you down, you start knocking out, then you have, now we teach you how to invest the money into stocks, into bonds, into um, Apple, into Amazon. You could start buying stocks starting from $5. Wow. Yeah, of course. And you could buy partial stocks too. You could buy partial stocks. So we give you... A true strategy to follow, step-by-step -step strategy. We don't jump from one to four. We jump from one, two, three, three. Follow the steps to get you out of debt so you can be financially free. Mm. And what's the information one more time for the people? My contact information, 212-933-9701. Or you could email me at blueprintfordebt at gmail.com. So it's exactly as a blueprint. Blue, B-L-U-E, print, P-R-I-N-T, for, F-O-R, debt, D-E-B-T, at gmail.com. And all information will be in the description below. So we thank you for watching tonight. Guys, shout out to everybody that watched. Shout out to everybody that subscribed to the YouTube. That's www.youtube.com, backslash C for channel, backslash the real word. 
Um, that's www.youtube.com backslash C for channel backslash The Real Word. Shout out to everybody that follows us on Instagram. That's at um, The Real Word TV. That's at The Real Word TV. And catch us Thursday at 4 p.m. on the Brick Network. Check your local listings. Check your local cable listings. We thank you for watching tonight. I'm saying he's going to close out with a prayer. Father God, continue to guide us and direct us in all our path. In Jesus, we do pray. Amen. I want to say one thing for you guys. Yeah, go I, ahead. I really respect what you guys are doing. I think this is something that helps people to find solutions to issues that they're going through. And Definitely. I really respect and admire you guys for doing that. And I'm glad I came here to be a part of this and to be able to add to what you're already doing. Thank you, brother. It's history in the making. That's why we call it the real word, man. We're trying to keep it real with the whole entire world and include the word of God. So Amen. everything Amen. starts with God. Good night, people. We love you. See you tomorrow. Good night.